Welcome to the Story Forest. Original tales for curious and adventurous children. Toby and Eva are on a quest to find their parents who are somewhere in the mysterious Sapphire Islands. Today they come to a new island with a talking bird and a brand new challenge. Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. The Bird and the Shadow Toby and Eva woke early again and had a quick breakfast before casting off from the shore, ready to go to the next island. It was time for the next adventure. The horizon was empty of land, but mixed pale and beautiful shades of blue off into every direction. Eva sailed now while Toby played the flute the bear had given him. He played tunes they knew, and new ones too. It almost feels as though I'm not making them up at all. Toby said to Eva, the hint of an island was beginning to be apparent ahead of them. It's as though I am discovering them, as though they have been hidden. Eva was silent for a moment. They were looking for their parents on the Sapphire Islands, the place of their mother's birth and the place they had always agreed to meet if they were to be separated at sea, which they had been. They had discovered from the last two islands that their parents were indeed here and had managed to send them one message of a tune through the flute. They knew each other was safe. But the islands were turning out to be more mysterious than they had imagined. They had met talking animals and had encountered all four seasons in one forest. I feel that way too, Eva said, when I write the songs, as though they are there waiting for me to sing them, like something has been put away in a cupboard for too long. There was a silence between them. Ahead, a land began to appear properly, large and rocky, rising up towards the centre. It gleamed and reflected the morning sun, nothing like the wooded islands that they had come to before. The wing and the shadow, Toby muttered and Eva nodded. There was a song their mother had always sung to them and they had realised that so far each line had referred to their adventure on an island. This was the next line. So Toby picked up the tune on the flute and Eva sang along. The sea breeze calls out to me memory of a melody from the land so sweet and blue from the lost and from the true The song is a compass, the mother gives a flute, the wings and the shadow, then a story and truth. Oh,
sweet time brings a sadness Then you gather but leave My silence are far islands Singing only in the breeze What would this island bring? In about an hour they reached the island and jumped out and secured the ship against the rock. It didn't look as though they would find anything extra to eat here. They could see only small bits of moss. They seemed to be the only bits of life, apart from some seagulls who swooped overhead and would occasionally land. Even the waters were shallow. It seemed unlikely Toby would be able to catch any fish. They packed some food into a bag, then set off across the island. It was rocky all over and rough, and it sloped upwards. They had to climb more than once. If it hadn't been quite so hot, it would have been fun. After an hour or so, they came to a small trickle of a stream where they drank and soaked themselves to cool down. Of course, they could have turned back and gone to another island. It seemed fairly clear that no one was here, and in particular that their parents were not here. But then there was the song. Toby and Eva had a pretty strong feeling that they were supposed to do something on each island they came to. They kept on climbing towards the centre of the island, going quicker in the sun and slower in the shade. Eventually they reached a higher spot where they could look down on their ship and the turquoise ocean lapping against the shore. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. They had reached a sort of platform. In the middle was a tall piece of rock which they couldn't tell whether it had been put there on purpose or whether it was natural. It stretched up into the sky. Eva shaded her eyes then looked up. It was bright but she thought she saw something fluttering above. Toby, she called out, and he looked up too, and there was a bird fluttering and coming down toward them, sending shadows across the rock. It landed near them, and Eva realised in surprise that it was blue, a wonderful cornflower blue with a paler blue tummy. It felt like a good sign. Their parents' ship was called the Bluebird, after all. Hello, the bird spoke. The children certainly hadn't got used to talking animals yet and they stared at it for a moment before replying. Um, hello, Toby spoke. Uh, we are looking for our parents on the Sapphire Islands. We came to your island, though we do not think they are here. You are right, the bird spoke gravely. They are not, but I have watched you approach. You have worked hard to get to this point and I can help you, but you must work again. How, how can you help? Eva said quickly. We'd really like to see them soon now. It's been too long and we miss them. The bird fixed his eye on her and suddenly she felt rather uncomfortable. The bird took some time before replying. The islands will bring you together at the right time. Every step is a part of the picture. Every line is a part of the song. Toby and Eva glanced at each other. It sounded as if they had been right about the song. 
I can, however, point you in the right direction. If I do not, you may visit many more islands than you need to, but I cannot do it without something from you. To find the direction, I need you to bring me something of the island that I have never seen before. Then the island will show you the way at sundown. Toby gave the island around them a brief glance. It was rock, all rock, all the same colour, all the same. Be aware that I have lived on this island for a great many years. I have seen it in every season for years upon years. It is no easy task to undertake. I think it is worth it though, Eva said slowly and Toby nodded. We will find something, I just know we will. The bird bowed low to the ground and then took off again, spiralling around until it reached the top of the tall, tall stone, standing out against the sky. I suppose we had better try the other side of the island. Toby was already heading that way, starting to climb his way down the rocks. Maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something small or new or, well, Eva said, finding that she ran out of ideas pretty quickly. They continued to climb. Everything was still grey. They found another stream and drank and Eva searched all the way up it and Toby started to follow it down, looking for something hidden in the water. They found some shells, some loose stones, but nothing that could be new. Eva walked down the stream, climbing down the little waterfalls. She reached Toby and they sat together, their feet in the stream, cooling down for a moment. They ate some lunch from their bag and drank some fresh water. It seemed so, so hot. They made their way down to the coast, where small stones made a pebbled beach on this side. They spent time looking through the stones, finding ones veined with purple or broken with a black inside showing. They found tiny, beautiful shells and a crab claw. They piled some stones that they considered, but the problem was always there. How could they know if the bird had not seen a stone before? He had been here his whole life. Eventually, they left the stones and walked around the remainder of the shore. There was nothing new, nothing different. How were they supposed to know anyway? Toby took out his flute and began to play a tune. It was a new tune and again Toby felt as though it was coming from the rocks, from the sea, from the sky. Eva hummed along and then put words to it, then stood up and began to dance, a ridiculous over-the-top dance, expressing their frustration and being silly because she couldn't think of anything else. Eventually, Toby couldn't play because he was laughing too much, and Eva went to take a large bow when she tripped over a stone and fell to the floor. When she looked up, her face was white with shock, and there was blood on it. She had cut her face. It wasn't deep or serious, but Eva felt very strongly the absence of her mother to hold her or comfort her or clean the wound. Toby did the best he could with a tissue they found in their bag, but Eva kept feeling her face forlornly and wishing she could see what it looked like, which would usually make it bleed again too. They had no mirror and there was no still water on the island. 
Toby was feeling wretched. He wished he knew how to comfort Eva properly. He wished their parents were there. He wished everyone would stop setting them strange tasks. He looked at Eva, touching her face. And then he had an idea. Every now and again, their family left the sea for a land holiday. One of his favourite memories was of a picnic on such an occasion when they had put all their things next to a river and he had spent all the time he was allowed in building a dam. By the time he had finished, he had created a pool big enough to lie in. Come on, Eva, he spoke and took them upstream until he found a likely place where a waterfall fell onto what was quite a long basin. At the moment, the stream ran down the middle, but he had a plan. Eva watched as he gathered stones and rocks and began to build a wall. At first, the water just ran through it in new ways. First, he placed large rocks along the side as close together as they could go. Then he started to collect medium stones and plug the gaps. The stream began to change shape as he did so, and Eva watched it pushing to find new ways. Next, he got little rocks and sand and moss and mud and started plugging every tiny gap. Now the stream and the flow of water was slowing and it was starting to pool. Toby was hot and was working hard and he dipped his feet in the water for a while. He grinned at Eva. You can probably see your reflection now. I made you a mirror. Eva smiled, then climbed over to him. In the water below, she could see an imperfect reflection. She moved her face around a little. I think it looks quite cool, she decided in the end, like a pirate. Toby laughed, but Eva kept looking into the water. She watched a seagull's reflection zooming across it. The bird was high overhead, but showed in the water. And then she stiffened and looked up. Toby, there really weren't other pools on the island, were there? You double promise? Toby laughed, wondering why she was being so serious. Double promise. Otherwise, do you think I would have built you one? Eva shook her head, but carried on speaking. The bird is of this island, it told us. It has lived here all its life. It has seen the rocks and stones and sky and sea. It has probably seen anything we could find. But I don't think it has ever seen itself. Toby thought. It was a risk. The bird may have seen someone with a mirror before, or perhaps one day the sea had been still. But today was very still, and the sea was still moving. And there was no other pool. And they had no better ideas. All right, he looked down at the pool. Let's make it as good as we can, and then we'll get the bird. Now they worked together, plugging any gaps, finding stones and handfuls of moss, carefully avoiding the water so they could leave it as clear as possible. Eventually, after going over every part of their dam several times, they were happy. They set off again to the centre of the island. It was the afternoon, now starting to move into the evening. They hadn't got a long time before the sun would set. They climbed with all their might, using what was left of their strength, their limbs feeling the difficulty and the feel of the sun. They came at last to the top and to the tall piece of stone. The bird fluttered down and looked at them quizzically. 
Too tired for anything else, Toby spoke shortly. Come, something new, we think. And then the journey down. They rushed and fell over a few more times than normal, and by the time they reached their pool, Toby and Eva each had a new collection of scrapes and cuts on their arms and legs. But they ignored it. The bluebird landed by the pool, surveying the water. Eva flopped down and Toby sat. Eva watched the bird. Have you seen this before? she said. She couldn't bear waiting. It's your reflection. It is you. There were a few moments more of silence. Then the bird spoke. Long ago, I saw a sight very like this. Long ago, this island was covered in birds. My family, most of them, cousins and aunts and sisters and brothers and everything. We would wake and sing and eat and hunt and share this island. It was perfect for us. But then they began to go. Some left, some fell ill, some were hunted. Some disappeared and I do not know how. Eva felt a tear break at her eye. She was sure the bird would be crying too if he could. In the end, I was the only one left and I stayed to look after the island. I have missed them a long, long time. I have missed seeing others like myself. I have missed the singing and the being together. So you have given me a great gift to see myself like this as I have never been before. A great gift, but a sad one. Toby didn't know what to say. He looked at Eva and she began to sing the song they had written earlier. Some of the words changed as she sang, but they made sense now. And it all fit together better than before. The waters push and flow The rock ripple below the great tower stands tall And the bluebird watches all The silence, the rock hill The pebble smooth and still Rising from the water Point to what is after the blue bird so alone against grey sky and storm sing again this summer though all else have long flown though all else have long flown Eva stopped. The bird fluttered, then landed briefly on her hand, then fluttered away. And another great gift you have given me, the gift of song. I will sing that one for a long time to come. But come now, we must go for the sun is about to set and I would like to show you the way that you must go. We need to be in view of the tall rock. They scrambled as the air and the light changed around them and found a ledge where they could stand and see the rock. Suddenly, there was a shadow where there had not been one before, pointing, Toby worked out quickly, southwest. It was there, and then it was not. Southwest. Toby's heart thudded. Their parents were in the islands, and they were southwest. Surely it wouldn't be too long before they found them now. 
Thank you, thank you so much, Eva said to the bird and held out her hand. The bird hopped onto it and Eva brought it up to her face. Please, Mr Bluebird, will you not come with us? You do not have to be on your own any more. Come and join us. Our parents' ship is even called the Blue Bird. The bird turned and gave Toby a long look and then looked again to Eva. You're a very kind child, he spoke gently, and I am more grateful to you than you can know for the song, for the pool, for your kindness. But I feel I'm meant to stay on this island. Perhaps it's a habit, but perhaps now things will change. But I thank you. And if you permit, I will come to join you at your ship for the evening before you leave. It will be good to have company again, and I will tell you stories of old, if you care to hear them. Toby and Eva said, yes, of course, and started to make their way, far more gently now, to their ship, as the sky gradually darkened around them. They had not been able to find any fresh food on this island, so they ate old bits of bread and apples, and the bird joined them and told them many stories of the birds who had used to fill the island. Eventually the blue bird said goodnight and reminded them to go southwest and fluttered away into the darkness. The wings send the shadow, Toby said softly as the bird flew away. Feeling as though they were on the right track, Toby and Eva got ready for bed and sank into their beds, falling asleep almost instantly. The end. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this thing, we'd love you to share this with your friends. Next week, Toby and Eva reach the next island where they have an excellent breakfast and meet some important people. Thank you.